0: Welcome to Karura's Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, that sounds a little bit better. I just want to thank God for giving us today and thank God for the beauty that has been on stage. Have you been have you really been impressed? It's been beautiful. May the Lord bless you, ladies um, who led the worship. May the Lord bless all the ladies as we celebrate the women today. Uh, May the Lord truly bless you. May he watch over you in everything that you are doing. As your your love, your care, your passions, the things that you are doing. May you find that you are able to do more. Um, We are looking at, you know, being made for more. And I pray that you will really truly enter into the more that God has prepared us for and that's a prayer that I've been praying for all of us that we would live that life that we've been called to, to, to be more. Now um, before I share the word I want to just to quickly announce well, um, will inform you um, some of you will have known that our campus pastors um, for Foresight Campus and, and, and KRC that's Pastor, Eva, P- Pastor Mulika and Pastor Evans um, have been back here um, with us um, after they had, a, they had family crises, um, and we've been, you know, walking together with them, but they stepped down from their pastoral ministry um, and have continued to give some support in, in different areas. Pastor Evans right now is on um, a sabbatical, while Pastor Mulika, as you have seen and may have noticed, is helping us um, with the whole area of fundraising. So this was just to inform you, and we can keep on praying for these people um, that the Lord will be present together with them. I was being reminded earlier that also the form, the, for the, the exams um, are starting starting from this week um, and then the next week, and so I want to also pray um, concerning that. And on Friday, you heard the whole issue of COVID. And I want to ask that we would be a people that are serious um, in protecting ourselves, protecting our loved ones, um, taking all those things very seriously because, you know, this thing, the spike that has come um, has been pretty severe. We are being told that the... That the, that the strain of COVID that is now present seems to be far more um, what do you call it? I can't remember that word, but you guys know what I mean. Um, but it will, it will get to you. So, so please let's, let's really be a people that are standing together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love. You are a God present. God aware. Um, God who knows the way. God who knows even tomorrow before it happens. In fact, you know up to the end. And so, Lord, we place ourselves before you and ask that your presence will be together with us in this time. Um, We've already prayed the blessing for our ladies, and may you truly bless them. As they walk together with us in this world, Um, you have truly made them special, and you have made them for more. May your presence be together with them all the time. Father, we pray for our children. Um, those who are preparing to do exams, those who are studying exams from tomorrow, we ask Lord that you will be together with them, that you will truly enable them, and to have to, to remember um, to walk in your presence in the midst of all of those things. To be able to be to be you know just peace peace of mind to have the peace of mind to put down the answers that they need to put down. May you be together with them, protect them, Lord, from anxiety and other things that that might just derail them. And Lord, we pray concerning our nation and the realities that we are facing in this COVID time and we pray Lord that you will continue to show us mercy. We have seen this one year and it's been amazing. All the predictions came wrong and you have blessed this nation and many nations around us, um, within Africa in, 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 keeping us from the, from the depth of ravages of COVID that have hit other places and we ask, Lord, please, please continue to bless us with that. Um, keep us well. Protect us um, from the things that, that are going on. And help us um, to, to love one another and, therefore, to protect one another. And to, to be partners together in doing the things that would be good um, for us, for our neighbors, and for our nation. So, help us. Um, help us, Lord, as we continue just listening to your word. Because we're thankful that you love us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be in chapter 4 of Ephesians. Um, last week we looked at made to love more. Made to love more. And that was from chapter 3 of Ephesians. And I hope that you've allowed that truth to sink into your life. To sink into your heart. Right into the in, inner beings of who we are. You know, we have been so completely loved by God. And it's a love that is so huge that it can handle anything. You know, and this is, this is really the foundation of our identity, our ability to love, um, love God, to love our neighbors, to love one another as the people that are sharing together in this amazing love of God that has come to us. And guys, when we begin to know, to experience, to understand the love that God has for us, uh, we find that we have an identity that is unshakable, an identity that is not going to be, you know, messed up by, by the circumstances around us. We will be so secure you know, so solid that success won't get to our heads and, 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 and just give us pride and, 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 and failure won't get to our hearts and hold us down. Instead, we will be able to, to truly live. We can actually truly live according to our creation design. You know, I know that we've been expecting you guys to, to, to just watch one of the, of the videos um, of each week, um, but I want to recommend very specially video nine, um, that was the third video for for week three. It's a great message on on this love that we have from from Drew Hyun, and and I and I pray that you know you would look at it and just and just find encouragement there. And by the way, I realize that for many of us, I've I've heard this feedback that people have been having trouble watching or downloading the videos from the Exponential website, and I wanted to just to inform you. Um, that you have the ability to download them from us. We have a much easier version. The, the one on exponential is pretty heavy, um, needs very good internet. But if you check out on our website under the tab, you know, you know resources. Um, you'll find Made for More, and, and the versions that are there are much more friendly. They run via YouTube, and in fact, you can actually also go, if you are if you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can go there, go to our playlists, and, and directly you'll find the videos there, and you'll be able to watch and, and, and get more, get much, much more um, if, you're, if you're doing this. Um, also, just a reminder for those who are online and, and those of us who come and are sometimes um, at home and are online, um, the, the notes um, that we have, the sermon outlines, are available, again, on our website, um, on, the, on the exponential resources. Uh, I mean, the Made for More resources, you can, you can go there and you have the outlines. We put up the outlines by Saturday morning. And so you can have that even ahead of time and be able to see, you know, what, what we are going to be speaking about. But when you are able to download, you can download a Word version in which you can type into, or you can download a PDF, um, whichever works better for you. Now in Ephesians 4, Paul is following on after that powerful prayer about the love of God and the, and the way that God works inside of us with his amazing power that can do immeasurably more than we can think Or imagine. And he follows that with a call to us to be that church that God has designed. And especially we see this in in verses 1 to 16. And he describes how that church should be, how the church should be. The first six verses, we are exhorted to be united in a shared identity, in a shared identity. God's family, the church. Our identity is in God. You know, one spirit, one hope, one baptism, one Savior and Lord of us all. There is one God and Father of each and every one of us who is over all, who is working through all, and is present in us all. That is who we are. And the Apostle Paul is urgently urging us, you know, live that way. May may, may we be walking humbly with each other. May we love each other. May we be patient with each other. Let's make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. We are one family. The next section, um, Ephesians 4, 7 to 16, calls us to be united in a shared purpose. Because we are made to do more. We are made to do more. It explains to us how fullness of Christ is built up and lived out in the church. And this is where we'll be focusing today. But before we go there, I want just to give you this sermon question, something to keep in your mind as, as, as you listen today. And this question is, how does my being a masterpiece with a masterpiece mission find expression in Jesus' body, the church? You know, two weeks ago when we we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we talked about what it means to be a masterpiece. Made with a special design purpose. You are unique. It's a one-of-a-kind. You are unique, one of a kind with designed for a specific purpose with a pre-planned mission by God who has this view on eternity. This is something that's gonna affect things into eternity. You were made to be more, you were made to do more, and you were made to go more. I don't know whether you remember. I mean, that's our memory verse. It's up there, so, so we can say it together. Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10, you know, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. Every person is a masterpiece made by a master craftsman for a unique purpose. So how does this find expression in God's church? That's what we are going to be considering today. Our focus will be um, from verse 11 to 16, but I'll start from verse 7 so that we have some context. So Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. The Bible says, but to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. You know, just as he chose to apportion them, he has given each and every one of us gifts. Verse 9, what does, he, what does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And, and there we have it again. You know, we've seen it in chapter 1, we've seen it in chapter 2, in chapter 3. We're still talking about the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And now we get into verses 11 through 16, where it shows how the church lives this fullness out. Verses 11 and 12 are our memory verse for this week. So let's do that together in the way that we are supposed to. So Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Amen. So work on these. Keep these things in your mind. They will really help you in in remembering the messages that we are sharing. Continuing on to verse 13. The Bible says, you know, that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the does its work. It's the word of the Lord. Two weeks ago, I shared a little bit of my story, you know, by, you know, being called as a teenager, being called Dr. No, because of being such, a am Juaji. And that passion for knowledge has grown into a passion for understanding people and understanding culture as I walk now as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, my, my argumentative nature enables me to to test everything, you know, everything that I'm learning with what the scripture teaches. And this enables me to be the kind of leader and teacher that I am. You know, the leader, I recognize for myself, you know, one of the core things for my life is, is a calling to, first of all, live a life of integrity. You know, that's my desire. I thank God for grace because because I need it. I need it very frequently. Um, it's, it's so much... Uh, Yeah, it's a continual need. But I desire, that's my goal, to live a life of integrity as a Christian. And being one who is living like this, help others also to understand how they, how you can live a life that is, you know, living in the fullness of God and in your own calling. And that nature that I had even before becoming a believer, you know, now it has been redeemed and it is serving what I believe is my God-given mission. God has with great intentionality made you. And he has made me to be unique in this world. Remember this, that every person is a masterpiece made by a master craftsman for a unique purpose. One of the sad things that I see among so many <laughs> of us is it seems that we don't truly believe this. You know, we, 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 believe, we don't believe we have anything worthwhile to contribute and, and you may be one of the people that have, that have had that thought. You know, at one point in your life, many of us will have done so. You know, I have so little to contribute. We don't believe that we have anything that's worthwhile, you know, and, and, uh, and that is of value. And so we are satisfied with simply showing up. You know, we convince ourselves that there's no place for us. You know, we look at people and say, ah, these people are so gifted. These people, their strengths are so amazing. They are so much better than I am. You know, I don't have enough experience, you know, through which God can work. And I have no gift that I can give. Wrong. Wrong. Completely wrong. You know, not only has God made you a masterpiece with a unique masterpiece mission, but he has also wired you in a unique way to bear at least one of of five catalytic gifts that he has given to the church. And he has brought you into the church (laughs) to make a real contribution, a deep contribution. One of those five catalytic gifts, he has some, some of that is in you. In fact, we can say it this way, you know, that the church is mobilized and catalyzed by the gifts God gives it. The church is mobilized and catalyzed by the gifts God gives it. And those gifts are its people, its people. In him, you, I, we are those gifts. You are one of those gifts, whether you know it or not. You know Your participation is essential in, in, in seeing the church rise up to the fullness of who Christ is and, and, and fill every part of creation, t- penetrate the rest of the world with his power and his presence. You are a masterpiece made for a masterpiece mission and your participation is is an essential part of God's plan. You know, you're part of that design. You know, you're you're, you're an essential part for the church, you know, for God's people to fulfill all the fullness of God. You know, being in every part of creation, you and I, we need to show up. We need to participate. Not just to be present, but to be there, to participate. You know, think about that passage That we just read from verses 7 to 10, in which you see Jesus, you know, who you know descended into the lower regions of earth. You know, he was he he lived among us and then he was crucified and overcomes death and and hell and sin. And then it tells us he also ascended. In verse 10 it says, you know, he ascended into the highest heaven, taking his place at the right hand of God, at the seat of authority, you know, an authority that encompasses the full depth and breadth and height of the whole universe, all of creation. And as he takes his place, the Bible says he fills all things. He fills all things. Now the question is: how does a, an ascended Jesus fill all things? After all, he's physically absent from us here, isn't he? But Ephesians 1, and 23 has already given us the answer to that. You know, he does it through his body, the church. He will fill all things through us, his, his family, by filling us and releasing us as the gifts, empowering us with the power that God has allowed that his people would walk in to become all that God has called us to be and then to do what he has called us to do. You are made to do more. I mean, just look at John chapter 14, verse 12. You know, Jesus at dinner with his disciples, looks at them and he says something amazing. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. He was ascending. And he said, you will do what? Greater things. Greater things. Who is he talking about? He's talking about believers. He's talking about you and I. You know, Christians. We will do greater things. But how? How? This is where we come to verse 11, which follows on from verse 8. telling us that God has given us, each and every one of us, special gifts. And in verse 11, the Bible now says that Jesus has given gifts to the church for the purpose of filling all things. And those gifts are people. Some would be apostles. Some would be prophets. Some would be evangelists. Some would be pastors um, or shepherds. That's the word. The the word shepherds is actually the one that's in the Greek, and that's what pastors are. You know, pastors are shepherds of people. Um, Some would be teachers. So apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Now what does this mean? It means that you fall somewhere in your wiring as one of these gifts that God has given to the church. Some of you are thinking, (laughs) not me, not me, but yes, you, yes, you, each one of us, you know, God designed you on purpose for a purpose and your connection with Jesus reconnects you to your design and you are activated. And some of these, you know, realities come not just from your spiritual gifts. They actually come from your creation design, um, which was showing up even before you became a believer. You know, now, now I know that some of those, <laughs> those terms that I've used there, are, they're loaded, especially when we see them being misused. You hear people calling themselves apostles, past prophets, you know, evangelists. And some of the people who are using those titles are not carriers of the best reputations, to put it even mildly. But I want you to think about these not as titles for offices and for status, but rather of the function that they serve for the church. They are servants of the church. They are ways of serving the church. Think about it as you know, non-competitive, cooperating, you know, mutually empowering functions in the church that help the church fulfill God's design. And in your study in week four, you'll be seeing much more about about these gifts. And I want you to keep this in mind, that that these are people given to the church, to serve the church to fulfill her mandate, that is to become the fullness of God in the world. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, that acronym APES, or whatever, however you'd like to pronounce it. Um, Just keep those things in mind and start thinking about yourself. Um, where are you going to fit there? Now those terms are, we don't really understand them so well because they're not used in regular life. So I want to review um, the meanings in, in, in just two ways. One is how it, uh, where it connects with the church and also how it appears in our design even before we become believers. So firstly, the apostolic gift. This is one that is primarily focused on extending Christianity into new and uncharted territory. And in a more general sense, these are pioneers. These are risk takers, entrepreneurs, architects of systems that, that you know, produce something new or promote something that is new or different. Is that you? Might that be something that describes you? That's the apostolic, that pioneering function that is in your design. The prophetic gift with respect to the church is primarily focused on keeping us aligned to God's, to God's will. You know, correcting us and, and keeping us faithful to God. You know, the words truth and faithfulness um, within the church community. These are the important things. Now, I know that we get excited about, you know, the prophecy in terms of looking into the future but that's less than five percent of all that the prophets of the bible uh, are relating with they are talking about about correcting our path and in fact even that even those prophecies all relate to judgment you know almost everything about it they relate to judgment which is evaluating our faithfulness to god it's a result judgment comes as a result of the way that we stray so outside the church in a general sense you know, these are people who tend to have a keen interest on justice injustice, and a vision for a better world. Um, these are people who can see mission drift in an organization and help us to get back right. We're supposed to be heading over there. We are seeing ourselves doing these kinds of things that don't fit with who we are. We need to get back on track. Um, these are the people who are showing a prophetic gift. Evangelistically gifted people are the recruiters. They are the recruiters to the cause. They are able to draw people to the gospel in a winsome way. You know, some of you are like that. You know, you you see someone you don't know, you've never met, and you're ready to go and talk to them, to reach out to them and start to invite them straight away um, to join you um, as followers of Jesus. But people like that, you know, make some others of us who are not evangelistically gifted. It makes us a bit uncomfortable, eh? Um, you know, we are thinking, Hey, there's going to be, there might be conflict here. This person is going to be offended, but we need these people. We really need them. They are a blessing to the church, but we see these people also in the wider society. Yeah. Um, you know, they are always there trying to get us to join some cause or to, or to buy something that they, that they think is really great. They are enthusiasts who, who invite you to join them. Nowadays, we are, we are calling them, we, the, in the modern world, we are calling them influencers, isn't it? They're trying to sell you some form of, of, of good news, whether it's in, in lifestyle or in products. Um, these, are, these are those, th- that is the equivalent of the evangelistic gift within the body. And then there are the shepherds, of course. These are the pastors. They are driven um, to nurture and care for God's people. To maintain a loving and healthy community in the church, you know, like 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 Reverend George, Pastor George, he knows people and he has the ability to get to the core of of of, of the heart, to the, where the issues are, where which, which concern them. And, and it's amazing to me. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. You know, he meets somebody, um, and then a few weeks later, he'll, get, he'll be remembering that person's name and the names of each of their children and remembering what they needed to be prayed for and asking how things are going. You know, um, a shepherd cares for people. He connects with, with their reality and humanness and sees their God-given potential. A shepherd wants people to Thrive. Now, in a general sense, shepherds are those who show special concerns for seeing people, you know, um, thrive, seeing people affirming the humanity that is in, in, in other people. You know, some human, um, human resource professionals are like that. They're looking at people and thinking, how can I help this person really become all that they, they could be? Um, how do I help them if they are in a crisis? How do I help them through that? Now I know that it's not all HR people who are like that, but, but, but you know them. And, and, and we probably know other people who are like that, whose hearts are in people. And then finally, there's the teachers. Within the church, teachers help us to understand God's truth and make it applicable to our lives. They, they just long to see everybody understand the will of God and to live it. Now, in the broader culture, teachers are instructors. And, and gifted teachers naturally inspire learning. You know, all of us remember the great teachers that we had. You know, a great teacher... Makes you want to understand even those things that you perhaps thought were very hard or you really don't care about because they are so filled with passion for helping you get it right that you just sort of step forward, you lean in because of the, what they are so passionate about. I, re, I was remembering one of my own teachers, the teacher who taught me high, uh, math in high school, and in our class, you know, there were there were guys who, you know, in in every class there are the really guys who are sharp in math and there are those guys who do badly. And, and I remember, you know, how this teacher was so good at what he did that there were guys, you know, we had grades uh, and, and from way back in history. So our grades were grade one up to grade nine and grade number, grade one was the best nine was fail. And, and, um, you know, the first two were distinction. Number three was the top credit pass. Um, and all the others were, were going that way. And this was amazing. This guy, he taught people who, who ended up failing all the other sciences, but in math, nobody got worse than a three. I mean, this was an amazing result. It was something that hadn't been seen um, even in, a, in, a, in, a, in the setting that we had because they were passionate. He was so passionate. Now, the reason that I'm talking about and unpacking these things, you know, both as a the theological and sociological way, is because, you know, just as the work of you know, that work that God designed us to do was, was prepared in advance. Ephesians 2.10 says it was even before you, even before creation, before you were being saved for sure. So too does the wiring for these particular gifts show themselves even prior to our being received and, 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 and being brought into the family of God, receiving Jesus Christ. In other words, this fivefold paradigm applies to people in some way, all people. Not just those who are following Jesus. And this fivefold paradigm applies to all Christians. Not just the paid staff or the leaders. You know, the letter is not addressed to pastors and elders. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Does it say, you know, I, Paul, apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, write to you the pastors at Ephesus? No. No. No, it says, you know, Paul, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. It's, it's just about being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's addressed to all God's people, not just the leaders. It is addressed to the church, to apply to the entire church. And the church at, at Ephesus, just like us at, Kenya, at Karura, we are a varied group of people, people of such different backgrounds. And what we are learning is that Jesus, through his life, his death, resurrection, and ascension, is connecting people to walk in their design, in the purposes for which they were made. You know, your gift may have started you know, showing before your salvation, but it can only be fulfilled through redemption by Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Like in my story, you know, Jesus redeems it and connects it now to etern- the eternal purposes of God. And as he do- does this, he, he, he gives these same people He gives us as gifts to the church. He gives you and he gives me to the church as redeemed vessels of the varying gifts that he wants to see that operating within the church. He's now taken us from darkness into light. And that gift now can be worked through by God. He can work in it to do what we were created to do, to show God's glory, to, to be powerful in God's community and in God's world so that the world itself might end up reflecting that glory. Leon C. Crump says, says, you know, Jesus redeems what is already present, realigns it to his redemption plan, and releases it for redemptive significance. You know, Jesus redeems what is already present, realigns it to his restoration plan, and releases it for his redemptive purposes. And so people who are naturally inclined towards one of these gifts are now redeemed and activated and released in the church to do what they were made to do. As according to Ephesians 4 verse 12, every single Christian in this church, every single Christian anywhere, is called to full-time ministry. It's just that we get paid from different places. Every one of us is called to full-time ministry. And this means that, like with any other calling, we need to be equipped. And why should we be equipped? So that we can serve and, 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 do, and do those works of service. Why? What is the purpose of those works of service? The Bible says there, you know, we are looking now at verses 12 and 13. So that we can build up the body of Jesus Christ, the church. And this must go on until we all reach unity in the faith. Until the church looks and feels and functions united. Unified in belief, understanding Jesus, living in his will and and, and living up the purpose that he has made us for, becoming mature to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. To see the fullness of God fill up the fullness of creation. We work as these gifts until we see the church attain the fullness that God intended for the whole of creation to experience. He intended this from the beginning. You and I we need to realize that we are the gifts that God has given to the church. You're not, you're not supposed to be waiting. You're not, that you're not waiting for somebody else to do that thing that you see, oh, this thing needs to be done. This thing is lacking. You are the adult that we are waiting for, that the church is waiting for, that you personally may be waiting for. And by the way, I don't want you to miss this, this shift. There's a little shift that has happened. You see, we always walk, you know, we always talk about God giving us gifts, but in this passage, we are the gifts. God has given us to the church so that the church might be the fullness of God in the world. Every person is called to work in their proper place according to their gifting and design for the good of the whole. You know, the hand can't say to the foot, you know, I'm tired of being a hand, I won't be a hand anymore. Now every part has to work in their proper place and God will release the church into the world to become the movement that he had created, that he intended for it to be. Now, why does this matter to us? You know, it matters for many reasons, but above all, it matters because it reorients us behind this truth, around this truth, that each one of us has something of worth to offer to the church because we have been given as a gift of worth to the church. Every single one of you is filled with redemptive potential. You know, you've just got to express it. You've just got to live it. Live it out. It's not enough for us to simply be showing up. It's not, it's not enough for us just to fill up a role. It's not enough even to, to meet a need. You know, these are all good things, but it's not enough because you were made for more. You know, you were made to be more, you were made to love more, you were made to do more, to contribute more than you ever have imagined. Every single person has something to bring to the table. God has designed you that way. And, and, and deep in our hearts, I'm sure that we, we kind of know that this is true. That we have something. We feel it deeply. We so deeply desire to do something more with our lives, to make our lives uh, Im- have a, a lives of impact, to leave a legacy that impacts the world. And you were given as a gift to the church so that this would happen. But we also need to know that we will never truly become the fullness that God desires for us to be unless every one of us is activated and functioning as God wants us to. That's what Ephesians 4.16 is saying, that it's each, as each part does its work. That the growth and impact that the Lord Jesus desires is accomplished. That's why our church's ministry philosophy is every member a minister, every member necessary. Necessary every member, a minister, every member necessary because every one of us is necessary. You know, that's why we have small groups because in that setting, we can encourage each other to be activated for Jesus. We, Because, guys, you know, let's encourage each other as much as we can so that every one of us is, is activated And because when you're not active... It means that in some way you are hindering the growth and the impact of the rest of us. You know, God didn't make any of you, any of us, none of us were made a spare part. You are part of the design. From the beginning, you are part of the design. You know, one of the things I realize is that some of us make the mistake of seeing only the the impact of the church as only the impact that we see it doing as an institution. You know, you know the preaching, the singing, the praying, the church outreach programs and, and other things like that. Or even just the leaders. But the church is in this tent. It's not just the activities that we do when we are reaching out and, you know, or when we gather here. The church is you and I. It is you and I all the time. And, and you and I make an impact when we are gathered together and we are serving each other. And when we are spread, when we are scattered And we are working and serving out there in the world as Jesus' representatives. And, and, And what you do as you serve God out there, whatever it is, it counts. It counts as the work of Jesus filling every nook and cranny with the fullness of Jesus Christ. You know, the Christian doctor who serves the sick with her skills and the love of God. You know, the Christian banker working to enable the, economy, the economic growth of his client or his organization. Serving with skill and integrity and in the love of God. But they need the church to be working together with them. To be that place of encouragement. Those small groups that, that walk with them and encourage them. You know, I know a Christian in the world of finance, who has an apostolic gift. You know, he functions as a pioneer, and and he's also got a passion for justice. His work has helped to develop institutions that have rescued so many people from poverty, taken people out of poverty. So many kids have ended up, you know, going to school and having the opportunity to rise to their full potential. Guys, that's the work of the church. That's the work of ministry that we are being called to do. Um, our sister, Margaret Ware, as some of us will know her. You know, she's a needy widow living in very tough health and wealth circumstances. But she is a loving help to many people. Her smile, her, her joy, her, her love, encouragement in the middle of those very hard circumstances has blessed me. And I know it has blessed many other people, both poor and wealthy people. She may not look like a success to many, but she is functioning as a shepherd. You know, sometimes because we don't see you know what we do wherever God has sent us, um, you know, as part of our doing for God, we operate in that place only in our secondary calling, in the in you know, and and we don't see it as a place where we are to represent Christ in our primary calling to make disciples who make other disciples. Guys, I want you to know wherever you are you are always, always representing Jesus. You are always called to serve his church in taking Jesus' fullness out there. So think, how is what you are doing and, and living representing the fullness of Jesus where you are? You know, people need to know that you walk with Jesus. They need to see you walking with Jesus. And as they start to notice and start to follow you, you are leading them towards Jesus. You are making disciples but when people can't see Jesus through you maybe even through your glory it's it's not the fullness of Jesus that you're taking out there but the beauty of it all for all of us is that we do from a declaration of done it's not just a labor that destroys us that that we just have to keep putting our head to we do it from a declaration of done Jesus finished the work on the cross and we live in that completed work. So we now work out of who we are, not out of who we are trying to be. You know, yes, Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross and sorted out, you know, to rescue you from judgment, to rescue you from eternal life. He, he died, you know, to give you righteousness, his righteousness, restore your relationship with God. And he died to adopt you into his family. This is done. It's not your works that get you there but now we live out of what God has already declared in us and has put in us. So we remember that that there's more, that he died and rose so that he might give you as a gift. You know, gifted to the church so that the church would be gifted to the world so the world would know the fullness of God. God so loved the world that he gave his son so that there would be people, believers, who would not perish but have eternal life, That's God's gift to the world. Did you know that? Do you ever remember that in John 3 16? You and I, the church, is God's gift to the world. And if that's not what you're living, then I invite you today to be released into your calling. How do we respond? First, by just basking in the good news. Just recognizing this wonderful thing and, and let it sink into our lives. Celebrating all that we have received from God through the good news about Jesus Christ. And then secondly, realizing that God has a purpose for us. Now it's true that even apart from Jesus, you are made how you are made. Unique, you know, by a master craftsman. Made that way. But in Christ is the only way that you can fulfill your design. And so as you spend time this week in your guide and, and you know, looking at the, at, at the different things that will be there, I want you to consider two things. Number one, investigate which gift you are to the church. Investigate which gift you are to the church. Um, two weeks ago, when we were looking at Ephesians chapter 2, I asked you to, to look back at your life and see whether there are, there are dots that you can connect and start informing you a little bit about, you know, what you're made for. Because your design is there. And, and, and it should be showing up there. And, and I hope that you've been doing this. And then the second thing is to take an APEST test. You know, the, you know to, and then to begin to be activated as that gift. On your outline, we've got a, a link that you can use um, that, that would enable you to just do this test. It's a very simple test. In 15, 20 minutes, it's done. Um, but remember this, that it serves as a guide, but it's not the most important thing. So please do make sure that you spend time um, looking at, at what God has been showing you in your life, listening to God, and, 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 and as you listen to God, starting to see what God has called you for. And as you discover that kind of gift that you are to the church, start stepping into it. Start becoming that activated. Figure out how to be activated as that gift. Because God is calling us to accomplish an amazing vision. Not just for ourselves, it's for the world, to fill the entire world with the fullness of Christ. But brothers and sisters, it won't happen if every single one of us is not functioning in that way. Unless each of us makes the choice to function as the gift that God has called us to be, we won't be able to fulfill this calling that God is calling us to. And so I'm inviting you today to be activated in the gift and as that gift that God has given to the church. And Just imagine. Just imagine what the church would be like, the impact of the church worldwide if all the apostles and all the prophets and evangelists and and shepherds and teachers were just unleashed and getting out and doing the things that God has called us to, filling the world with the fullness of God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for all that Jesus has done. And really, that's where I want to begin by just saying thank you for the gospel, for this good news That Jesus has done it all. He's done it all. Uh, That his death has paid every price that needed to be paid. That his resurrection has proved it. And that his ascension has released all of it to us. And that as the people of God, this power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. And that you want to work this power out in the world around us. And Lord, I pray that you will Oh, Lord, that you will help us to be aware of all that you have done. And then I pray, Lord, that that there will be an awareness that we have a purpose in this world to become and to do and to go everywhere that you have designed for us to be. Father, I pray that you will help us to be a people that understand how you've made us, that we might do more apostles, prophets, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers unleashed for the world. May you help anyone who is here today thinking that they are too small and weak. Anyone that's watching us, I pray that you will make them aware having been loved by God with an immeasurable love. Oh, the power of God is present to raise and lift and the gifting of God is real. Oh, and the redemption of all that we are is done in Christ. May you help us to live that way in Jesus' name. Amen.